Welcome to the Business Builder Podcast with me, your host, Ricky Scott. This podcast show is brought to you by Synergy Success Network. Straight talking, no nonsense, and a completely uncut business chat show. So together with my good friend and colleague, he is a serial entrepreneur, the author of the Business Builder book, How to Plan, Develop, and Build a Sustainable Seven-Figure Trades Business, Mark leg and he is joining me on the show today and it's our first recording since he's come back from his holiday i'm not going to welcome you back mark because you've been back a little while now but did you have a good time yeah it was good buddy even though you're all sick yeah i was only sick for 24 hours yeah so i'm not i'm not going to go on about it no we won't go on about it but you had a good holiday (laughs) never bought me back a present which i'm a little bit disappointed with but never mind anyway look we're going to be talking today about knowing your numbers and i know this is this is quite an exciting subject for you isn't it absolutely mate you love the numbers absolutely crucial you've got to know your numbers in business brilliant brilliant we've got loads to go through throughout the episode um but let's get rid of the elephant in the room first I want you to explain to the listeners the difference between business banking and personal banking because I think it's it's quite a common factor for us in the office when we're talking to different businesses how this can become quite confusing. Mm. So let's let's sort of clear that up first. Yeah, okay, yeah. So um <clears throat> I mean I I've experienced this myself. So most of what I talk about is going from past experiences when I first um started my trade business. Um, and one one of the one of the hardest uh, things to to sort of conquer when when you first go out into business is understanding that your your business finances are no longer your finances. Yeah, so you have to treat them separately. So I was I was one of these. I say I was very dumb really when I started out as a teenager. And even though I had a limited company which separated from me and the business, and I had to have a separate business bank account that you need to have with a limited company. I would still use my go out and use my debit card as if it was my own personal card, yeah. Mm. And it was really no no way of of um, effectively managing the finances in the business if you're not separating it, uh, your personal to your business finances, yeah. So I'm not going to go into exactly what happened there because I think most people listening to this podcast now know if they, they know the to story. previous episodes, yeah. they know yeah. the story. Um, but yeah, one of the, one of the, one of the most effective things I done was then understanding that my personal and business finances were separate, and that I would need to take a, a, a wage from the business, i.e., the business pays me each month a set a, a, a set amount, yeah, and then I completely separate my personal and the business finances because the business is paying me as an individual a set amount for me to live on for my normal. Um, personal expenditure. I think it's quite common for business owners to think that because it's their business, it's their money. But obviously, I've learned through working with mm. you, it's the business's money. It's not actually the individual's money, is it? No. And that's where the um, the confusion comes yeah. in for a lot. Of yeah. So owners. yeah. So one of the first things to do is just to um, understand the importance of it. The, biz- the business finances are not your finances, and the business, you, you now work for the business, and the business needs to pay you a wage for you to live on for your personal expenditure. Yeah, so get in the habit, even if you're in the business in its infancy, work out what is the because work out what is the minimum wage that I need to take to survive and make and then set yourself up a standing order at the end of the month so the business pays you that into your account so that you can completely separate your finances. So effectively, even as a business owner, the business is just paying you a wage, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. So, I mean, that's obviously clearing that up, and because I think that's really important. Business owners need to know the difference between business banking and personal banking. And then that obviously leads on to all these different areas in knowing mm-hmm. your numbers. So, I mean, 
when we talk about sort of profit, financial forecasting, all of these different areas, what would you put as a top priority that business owners would need right. to understand? So, so like I say, the topic of this podcast is knowing your numbers, yeah? Mm. Um, so, so many things to say, our, our audience, we're, we're tradespeople, yeah? So, like we always say, you, you, you go to college, you learn your trade, whether you're a plumber, electrician, um, plaster, or whatever you may be, you learn your trade. One thing they certainly don't teach you is finances, yeah? Absolutely. So, you need to really, first of all, understand, yeah, your numbers. So, understand, like, your sales. So, what you're billing, what you're invoicing is your sales, yeah? Understanding your cost of sales, yeah? So, i.e., if you're going out and you're fitting a bathroom suite, yeah? So the cost of sales for it is obviously all your materials, the labor for fitting that bathroom suite, any waste disposal, um, any, if, if it's a bigger project, preliminary cost, this sort of stuff, yeah? All of this stuff is a direct cost of sales. So um, <clears throat> that's there, then that dictates. So if you've charged 10,000 pound, yeah? And your cost was eight thousand pound. Then you've got a two, your gross profits is two thousand pound, right? Yeah. It's understanding first of all, you, you understand your sales, your cost of sales, what makes gross profit, yeah? yeah. But then remembering that gross profit and net profit are two different things, two yeah. Different things, so then yeah. you've got to look at your overheads and you've got to understand these things. So just first of all, understanding your gross profits and the difference in gross and your net profits, yeah, and how you identify that. That's the first starting point, yeah? yeah? How do you make profit, yeah? There's the sale, there's, there's your cost, and what's left is your gross profit, yeah? Yeah. Then you gotta look at your overheads, and understand as well, what is actually an overhead? Because so Absolutely. often we have uh, new, new trades businesses come in and they say, I don't have any overheads. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have any overheads, and it's every little thing, even if you are just that one-man band, you're gonna have insurance, yeah? You're gonna have vehicles, you will have overheads, yeah? Whatever it takes to run your business outside of directly doing the job is an overhead. Absolutely, and I think we find a, a lot of business owners um, that what you don't know, you don't know. We always say that, but they do fail to recognise actually what is an overhead. So even down to like your electricity bills and Absolutely, things like that, yeah. that's an overhead, isn't yep, it? Yep. Because it's an operating cost to the business. Yeah. So exactly that. So so first thing you ask the question, what's what's the most important thing? So knowing yeah. your numbers understanding your sales yeah which is what you're billing your invoicing there's your sales understanding the cost your cost of goods sold so the difference between your operating expenses which is your overheads yeah. and your actual direct cost of doing the job yeah yeah so to, to, to you got your sales understand what your um, cost of sales are that determines what your gross profit is understanding what all of your overheads are your operating expenses and therefore your net what would be your net profit what you left out on your bottom line yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I get it. So, I mean, obviously, it, uh, all of these different areas, you've got to be able to record it and see it. It's got to look straightforward, isn't it? So, how 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 would business owners sit there and look at all of this and make yeah. sense of it if you haven't got a financial brain? Yeah. Okay. So first, you, you need some form of financial education. Yeah. So this mm. is going back to what I just said. They don't teach you this at college if you're going to learn a trade. Yeah. So you need some form of financial education. So you like I was just saying there, you need to understand all of these. What are your sales, gross profits, net profits, identifying what your operating expenses are. There's lots more to it as well. Numbers that you need to be aware of. So you need to have a pricing strategy for the business. Yeah. Yeah. So how you're actually arriving at yourselves or what you're actually billing out. So you need to have a pricing strategy for that. There's more you need to understand. You need to understand CIS. So we're operating in the construction industry. So you need to understand how the construction industry scheme works. Yeah. Who's liable for du deduction? How do you verify your subcontractors and stuff like this? You need to understand 
if you're employing them, they're PAYE, yeah? Understanding things like employer's NI, which is quite a common one that we come across with a lot of uh, small business owners, not just in the construction industry, but small business owners as a whole, really don't, um, they aren't actually aware that when they employ somebody, there's actually an employer's NI that they have to pay on top of that, mm. yeah? So when they actually work out the true cost of an employee, they're normally very surprised that it's a lot more yeah, than yeah. they anticipated, yeah? Yeah. So all of these are key things you need to understand. Obviously, there's VAT. Um, and then there's the hidden one, which we found that very little businesses know, and we think this is a little bit naughty, really, is the, is the CITB. So you've got the Construction Industry Training Board yeah. um, that um, are a very good resource for providing grants and stuff like that for helping if you want apprenticeships on. But very, well, a lot of business, small business owners don't realise in the construction industry that it's actually us construction businesses that are funding the CITB through a CITB levy. Mm. Yeah, So you need to understand that as well. So there's a percentage that you will need to pay to the construction industry training board for all um, labour payments you make to your employees all your subcontractors, yeah? There's thresholds and stuff that they need to be aware of so they can go on the CITV website and it will tell you the thresholds um, of who is liable to pay CITV and who isn't, but most small business owners that we come across are liable to pay yeah, a CITV yeah, levy. I think one of the things I've noticed through us running the masterclasses and seeing the kind of shock and surprise from these <laughs> trades business owners that don't have that knowledge about the CITV, what is it, why is it so, uh, like, common for them to not to know is it a, is it a hidden thing is i'll tell you what it is it's because and we've had this in the last couple of master classes so um they would expect that it's their accountant that makes them aware yeah so they'll have a they'll have initial conversation with their accountant um and the accountant talks to them you know you're, you're in the and in the construction industry so you need to register for cis and then on a monthly basis you'll su submit a cis return yeah uh, you need to verify your subcontractors. Some will be grudge payments. So you don't need to deduct CIS. Some may be on a higher rate of 30%, 20%, all of this sort of stuff. So the accountant's very good at giving them that information. Um, they'll, they, may run, they may run their payroll for them to have that, little, that, that information too. They may do their VAT returns. So then they expect that they, they're aware now of all of those numbers. But the Construction Industry Training Board is nothing to do with your accounts, mm. yeah? It is not the responsibility of your accountant, yeah? The, so it's generally not something that your accountant takes on. Yeah. So we've heard it several times, my accountant's not made me aware. Well, it's nothing to do with your accounts. Yeah, yeah. yeah? This is what you pay directly to the, to the Construction Industry Training Board. Why is there a lack of knowledge for it? What I don't... It's I suppose like we said earlier you don't know what you don't know and yeah. if you're not going out to get this um, to, to seek this level of education generally what we find out nine times out of ten is people it comes as a surprise yeah mm. so they receive a letter from the CITB saying that they need to submit a return um, and and quite often it's the first they're aware of it and then there's a backlog and yeah. they're submitting from previous years too since that since they surpassed the threshold um, mm. which is currently I think it's about 85,000 something like that okay. 80,000 yeah um, which any VAT registered business is surpassing that threshold so cool and where's the easiest way for um, trades business owners to find out this information for the CITB they can literally go straight onto the CITB website if they went into Google and put CITB levy they'll yeah. get all that information they'll understand what they're liable for 
Um, even if you ignore it, at some point they're going to catch up with you. So yeah, really absolutely. important that you understand because that's that's an, an, another cost that they not, might not be factoring in. And it's a legal requirement. It's a legal requirement. It's a legal yeah. requirement. So really important. Okay, let's let's talk about the all important profit. So yeah. how do we lock in profit into the into our businesses, Mark? Okay, so another another important thing as well is, um, and I come across this this a lot, is businesses understanding, like I say, the whole this subject, knowing your numbers, yeah. Mm. So understanding as well the difference between markup and margin. So this is another one that quite people are commonly surprised um, when we talk to them about. And it. this is where people would be figuring out and working out what their profits are in the business. What their profits are, yeah. 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 So let's say, for example. Um, They've worked out, so we spoke about earlier, understanding so the, what your sales are, what your cost of sales are, yeah. and what's left is your, is your gross profit. Yeah. Okay. Then you deduct all your, your overheads, your operating expenses, that's your net profit, yeah? So that's the bottom line. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the bottom line. So, so you hear a lot for business owners, they might look at their net profit. So let's say your turnover is a million quid, yeah. and your net profits are, uh, I'm doing this for easy maths, of course. Of course, of course. And, yeah, and your, your net profit's uh, 100K, so therefore, you've got a 10% net profit, yeah? And this is where a lot of uh, small business owners go wrong, and um, is that they may be, because they know that they look, they're targeting uh, a 10% net profit, yeah? They might be marking up, let's, like, so if you mark up at 20%, yeah, yeah. you're not gonna have a 20% margin, yeah? So to make a 20% margin, you need to mark up at 25%, yeah? Okay. So which is one that we come across quite often, and, they, and it's, they are so, I would say nine out of 10 small business owners, yeah, have their eyes open to this, yeah? Mm. When, we, when we actually look, so if you, simple, again, simple maths, if you take 100 pound and you marked it up by uh, 25%, yeah? yeah. What's, 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 your, what's your profit there? <laughs> okay, you're asking the worst possible mathematician. <laughs> so your, pro your profit there is 25 of quid. Course, yeah. 25 so most quid. people say, so I'll say, what's your profit margin? Yeah. yeah. And, and the, the, the common response that I'll get back will say 25%. Yeah. But I say, it's not, is it? Yeah, because 25 pound off of 125 is not 25%. It's 20% of that overall sum. Okay. My Does that make smashed. sense? So you've got a you know hundred pound. You've got a hundred pound. You mark it up by twenty-five uh, percent. Yeah. So twenty-five percent of a hundred is twenty-five, 25 quid. quid. So yeah. now, so now your your sales figure is one hundred and twenty-five pound. Yeah. Yeah. But if you take that twenty-five pound, yeah, off of one hundred and twenty-five, it is no longer the, the that's a twenty percent margin of the overall sum. With you, with you. Okay, yeah. So that's making sense more now. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So yeah. this is where it's really important yeah. to know your numbers and and. I meet with biz business owners who have been trading for several years, and they just don't know what they're what they're doing wrong. They're doing all of this work, um, say busy fools if you like, doing yes. all this work. They get into the end of the year and there's nothing in their bottom line. Mm. So then we start looking at these different things, and and quite often it is that they want to make a twenty percent um, gross profit margin, yeah, and uh, but they're only marking up at twenty percent. It can be some simple things like that. So yeah. really important understanding your numbers. So what, your sales, your gross profit, your, your sales, your cost of sales is what determines your gross profit. Understanding all of your overheads, and when I say all of your overheads, yeah, yeah. being really honest and looking what it is. Um, so that's your operating expenses that will give you your bottom line of your, your net profit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, understanding what the difference between markup and margin, 
Um, so they're, they're the key things, understanding your tax, your tax affairs, yeah? Because if you're just taking, say for example, you employ somebody and you're paying him uh, 10 pound an hour, yeah? If you're, if you're looking to make a 20% margin, gross profit margin, marking him up at 25% is not gonna cut it, yeah? Because right. you've got to factor in, these are things you've got to look at. He's gonna have holiday pay, 20 days a year, yeah? He's gonna have uh, eight, generally, he's gonna have your eight bank holidays and your 20, yeah? That's, that's sort of standard, yeah, sure, in this sure, industry. Sure. Yeah. So he's gonna have 28 days a year, non-productive time, yeah? yeah? You're likely to be you're going to be paying into a pension at some point. He's going to be staged into a pension. He or she are going to go into a pension. So you've got these contributions to take into effect. Yeah. And then you've got employers NI that comes in at thirteen point eight percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you actually now start looking at your true cost of an employee, it's likely that that ten pound you might be paying him ten pound an hour, but he actually costs the business say maybe twelve pound fifty an hour. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. So you need to be look at you need to understand those numbers, yeah, and then you would be marking up the twelve pound fifty per hour. Absolutely, absolutely. So when we're, when we're talking about all of these different areas, what what if we were to give a nice bit of advice to the listeners today? What's the easiest way for somebody to lock in their profit? So they, they want to do, you know, they want to make this 20% markup or whatever it is. Okay, so um, there's sev se several, several tools that we would use. So the first thing I say, and um, this comes off of your business plan in the early days. So you need to do your market research, yeah? So a lot of people say, well, how do I know what all these costs are if I've never been in business? Well, you need to do your market research, yeah? Absolutely. Um, so understanding your market research, and then from there, we start to look at um, building a financial forecast. This sits alongside your business plan, yeah? This is where you're making projections of what you're gonna do for like the sales for the next 12 months. They like say, so a question that people will ask me is, how do I know what sales I'm gonna do in the next 12 months I've never been in business? Do your market research, yeah? In, let's, in, the, in the construction sector, it is quite common that your December and January are quite quiet. Um, because people are winding down before Christmas um, yeah. and there'll be projects that they may not want to authorise. Um, things are a bit slow in January coming back. Depending on your market, it may be that you get a real busy um, February and March because there's an end of year spend. You need to do your market research, yeah? If you're servicing um, the education sector, then the likelihood is that your busier months of the year are gonna be August, July, August, September, um, because you've got schools, colleges, universities, all want um, their buildings um, refurbished, renovated, decorated, etc. During these during this period, yeah, when there's no no children, students about, mm. there'll be halls of residence uh, and stuff like this, like student accommodation. Um, this 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 stuff again. They're all going to want to be um, redecorated, refurbished, renovated during these periods. Yeah. So you can almost look at the industry. There are spending trends. Spending trends is yeah. exactly what I'm talking about, mate. Exactly what I'm talking about. Again, if you're let's say you're running a painting and decorating business, the summer months are going to be a lot busier than the, than the exter than the winter months because of externals and stuff like that. Yeah. Absolutely. So so you've got to do your market research. Um, you can. Typically, you've been a tradesman, you've worked for somebody else, so you should understand the trends of what your previous employers went through, yeah? Absolutely. So, so there we go, so you've done your market research, and then you can look to prepare a financial forecast. This is where you set projections for your business, yeah, of how much you, you es estimate that your business will turn over each given month, yeah? Yeah. 
and then from there you'll look at so if i've if we're saying there you're, you're looking to make a 20 percent gross profit yeah so you'll know like your cost of sales yeah would need to be um 80 no no larger than 80 percent of your sales yeah so then you'd start again you're starting to, to put this into your financial forecast you're setting projections for the next 12 months ahead yeah yeah same with then when we're looking at overheads and this is where you start to set budgets in your business and this is absolutely crucial to have yeah so many of us and i've been there um in the past and it's always got me in trouble uh where we just shoot from the hip basically mm. so someone what are you you've not got budgets in the business to say that when you're going to introduce that next overhead yeah when you're going to get new computer equipment when you're going to get um new new ppe and stuff like this yeah <laughs> when you're getting new vehicles so you need to actually set these budgets yeah in the business for the next 12 months yeah Absolutely. and then you need to follow them like like it's it's your bible your bible yeah, so, yeah, yeah such yeah absolutely so um so they, they then you then set your budgets for the year yeah in your overheads then that will determine what your net profit is if you're following our tool for example um our, our financial forecast what will happen is at the bottom you'll see the profit that you make each month is accumulating yeah, yeah. so then you it, that that then will um, show you of when you can introduce new overheads into the business course, to support yeah. your growth of the business. So that's that's just projections. That's a financial forecast. That's what we're projecting into the business. There's the second part of that exercise of running that is that each month you review this. So you're setting actuals every single month. Yeah. So you can see on basically that's what I projected the business would do. At the end of the month, you're looking back on what was the actuals. Yeah. And this all still forms part of the financial. This, this forecast. is just part of your financial forecast. Yeah. 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 So so then we've gone and said we're going to do fifty thousand pound turnover this year. This month, um, what did we actually do? So then we're going to put into our financial forecast at the end of every single month, yeah, yeah. what, how much we actually turned over. We said that we would it, we would make a twenty percent gross profit. What did we actually do? We said that our our overheads was going to be um, five thousand pound. What were they actually? Mm. Yeah, get what I'm saying. We uh, said I we're guess gonna... it will jump up and down each month, won't it? It's, uh... <laughs> It, it will, but this this is where this is the key. This is the importance of having your financial forecast. Yeah? yeah. So then, at the end of every month, you've got there what we projected, what we actually done, and what this allows us to do is make informed decisions for the business. Yeah. Absolutely. So, i.e., if you said you were going to do fifty thousand pound in sales, and you've and you've only done forty thousand pound, why? Yeah. Why have you only done forty thousand pound? Then we want to start looking at how many leads we're generating. Start looking at the relationships we got with our clients. Look at how many the leads we're generating. How many leads we're converting. Look at our average sale. All of these metrics that we can look at to then make informed decisions on what goals we're going to set ourselves for the month ahead. Of course, makes of course. sense. Yeah, yeah, it does make. If you're not hitting sense. the if you're not hitting the profit margins, yeah, your gross profit margins that you projected you would make, then you're going to want to start looking into your individual projects and see. Okay, well, I estimated I'm going to do them a certain way. Yeah. And then how did I actually deliver them? Yeah. So then we can then again make informed decisions on how we're going to deliver our projects going forward. Again, you set overhead. You've set budgets for your overheads. Yeah, yep. some are going to be. Um, there are going to be variable overheads that go up and down. Yeah. So you will have to factor that in. 
just you, to give just to give the listeners some idea of what we're talking about when we look at overheads um, I'm, I'm taking extracts from the business builder book here um, but overheads are things like rates rent insurance telephone training data storage your managers your directors your admin staff the marketing uniform these are all overheads they're all they? overheads you yeah. have to factor so these are in. all the all the things that you need to um, you need to consider and factor in when you do your financial forecast okay so all of this goes into your financial forecast and then you're measuring it at the end of every single month yeah yeah um, every single month so that's that's how we're measuring the profitability in our business okay okay so at the end of every month you should have what we call mi which is management information to say this is what the business projected this is what the business actually done yeah. and then these are these are what our um, objectives are for the month ahead Okay, so that's the first part of managing profit into your business. Starting with a financial forecast, it's it's um it's a, a it's a tool that we provide to all of our all of our business builders. Something that we've developed and o- over many years, and it works very very effectively in our businesses, and it's now working very very effectively with our clients' businesses. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. starting with a financial forecast. Um, also remembering as well, the next thing we look at is like cash flow forecasting. I was just about to come on to that, and uh, obviously the difference between the yeah. Two. So it's another key part, um, understanding numbers. Um, this this whole area is that managing. So you've got a system in place for managing your profits and having a system in place for managing your cash flow. And there is a big difference. There is a the huge two. difference. Yeah. yeah, you could be a very profitable business but have no have no cash flow. And and, and explain to me just how kind of impactful that is oh it's huge it's huge um although uh, there's, there's a saying that gets thrown around a lot um about profit so they say um turnovers vanity and profit sanity yeah and i hear that all the time and i completely agree with it so yeah. many of us when we first started i certainly did when i first started my business i had a lot of ego and pride and stuff and i would be really chasing the chasing the turnover um, and like you say, if there's no profit in the business, you're in trouble. That's right. So they say turnover is vanity, profit sanity. Yeah. And then uh, I read on LinkedIn the other day, it was quite a, a little add-on that someone said. He said, turnover is vanity, profit is sanity. He said, but cash flow is reality. Mm, yeah? yeah. So you yeah, could be yeah, a highly yeah. profitable business, yeah? yeah? But if there's no cash flow, because you're not, you're, you don't have an effective system in place for managing your cash flow. So it may be that you've done loads of profitable business, but you're not, you're, 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 you might have a big debtors book, yeah. I.e., all your customers owe you that money somewhere sitting in someone else's account. It's not in your account because yeah. you might be on thirty day terms and thirty days end of month terms. You could be on sixty day terms. Who knows? Um, and if if you're not managing your own cash flow, i.e., you're paying out your money a lot quicker than you're getting it in, you could find yourself in in a lot of trouble. Um, and you say there's there's um, construction has the worst uh, survival rates for businesses um, out of any industry in the UK and a a large percentage of those isn't they go out of business isn't because they weren't profitable it's because they've run out of cash yeah yeah Yeah. they run out of cash and you could be forced if you owe your creditors uh, money and you don't have the money to pay them this stuff can get on top and Mm. and sometimes people are forced out of business yeah or snowballs yeah it snowballs Uh, you might have um, uh, creditors uh, enforcing CCJs on you if you're not paying on time um, and eventually winding up petitions and all sorts can go in. So things can get very nasty mm. if you're not uh, managing your cash flow. So so therefore, um, 
the next the next thing that we look at is having what we call a cash flow forecast so like very much like your financial forecast where you're managing the profit in your business is a cash flow forecast and on this cash flow forecast you're looking at all the money so the first of all you're looking at what money you have in your bank yeah so yeah. what money do i have in my account on any given day then every time you're raising a sales invoice yeah some money you're expected to come in this would go on your cash flow forecast and it would show you on what given date that that money is due into your business okay every time you purchase something or you've got um you've got expected payments coming out so direct direct debits, direct debits yeah. payroll etc yeah. things that come around every month um, this would sit on your cash flow forecast. So again, it's sitting in the future uh, for you to be able to look at the the cash in your business. The cash flow forecast. Would you would you monitor this on a weekly basis or a daily basis? Even how would you? Personally, in my businesses, I would monitor it on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, it, it would all depend on how many transactions are going out, but I would say a minimum is a week. Yeah. Um, I recommend it's something that's done on a daily basis. Um, but yeah, it's it's to be able to again, it's it's putting you in a position. It's arming you to make informed decisions. Yeah. Of so let's I'll, let me just throw an example out there. So you, I, I price a job for you. The job's worth um, hundred and twenty thousand. I need to outlay a hundred thousand. But you've got me on thirty days end of month terms. Yeah, I'm going to have that job complete in a month for hundred and twenty thousand. <laughs> now I need to look at my cash flow forecast and go right. If I start that job today. I'm not going to be paid for eight weeks, yeah? Um, within, say, six weeks, I would have outlaid all of that uh, 100,000, yeah. yeah? Where does that leave me in my cash position, yeah? Now, if there's a shortfall, something needs to be done about that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, do you yeah. see what I mean? And that's, what the, that's why it's such an important tool to have in place, is your cash flow forecast. It makes me have, it allows, enables me to make informed decisions of how I would proceed with that. So whether that's going back to your client and trying to negotiate better terms, um, go going to your suppliers to try and negotiate better terms with them, or it, it may simply be that you just cannot afford to do that job. Yeah. yeah? But it, so it, it can come down to it that. It can you come can down to that. You can, I mean, for a lot of business owners, that would be tough for them to turn around and say, sorry, I can't do that. Yeah, job. extremely tough. Um, but yeah, they're going to be in a much tougher situation if they take that job on yeah. and they run out of money. Yeah, I completely get it. Yeah, <laughs> Trust me, there's going to be some sleepless nights if they can't pay their bills and all their creditors are knocking their, knocking their door because they, they took uh, too big of a risk on and they took a project on that they couldn't afford to fund. Mm. Yeah? Yeah, I get it. Do you know, or it may it may be as well. It may You may be able to make the decision if you're managing your cash flow correctly you'll be a credible business so it may you may be in a situation where you can say well right there's there's a, there's, a, there's some nice um, margin in the project you might have, you might look to go and raise some finance yes so, I mean even looking at um, if you're I mean because obviously uh, from my perspective it would be almost unnatural to turn something down but it could almost generate a bit of respect there because like you say if 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 you turn down business because you can't afford to run a project or something then the client that you've turned down the business from might think do you know what these guys are you know they're they're sensible they're managing their finances yeah, effectively absolutely and yeah. i i've had it on went just just honestly best policy and all of that yeah 100 um and i have had it on a number of occasions where i've gone back and just been completely open and honest with um with a client and said we, we we can't cash flow that we can't work to those terms yeah. and they and, and we've and we've um 
we've compromised and we've um, we've renegotiated on the terms and we've done something that's more affordable because simply they they knew that we were a good contractor or an ethical contractor and they and they wanted to work that's with us brilliant. and they appreciated our honesty and the moral of that story there especially for our listeners out there um, is don't be afraid to turn stuff down if you haven't got the cash flow there to do it mm. don't put yourself in the shit for it yeah um, and more importantly don't try to wing it have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. these add these things yeah so so yeah, I'm just trying to recap because there's so much uh, information in this whole a, topic. I think there's an incredible um, amount for us to go through in, in knowing your numbers and I'm sure we'll revisit it in other episodes um, because we could break it down and break it down some more, couldn't we really? Yeah, so I just want to just recap on like the, the, yeah. the key things here. So so if like you say knowing your numbers, understanding um, understanding what your sales are, your cost of sales, what determines that determines your gross profit, understanding your operating expenses, being really honest about your overheads, um, what what then this will dictate your net profit. Um, understanding all of your tax affairs again because this will this will depend on what your markup is, etc. Yeah, like I was saying earlier, knowing the true cost of an employee, stuff like that. Understanding um, the the CITB that you're going to be subject to, paying into a levy, this stuff. The difference between markup and margin. So go ahead, go and educate yourself in those areas so you understand that. Then it's a case of having the correct tools, yeah? Mm. Like to do do a job, to do a trade and, and whatever you want, you want the right drills, yeah, you want you want the right saws, etc. Yeah, if you're you want the right brushes, so and so. Yeah, in business you've got to have the right tools. So the tools that we're talking about, we've just mentioned financial forecast. Yeah, uh, financial forecast tool. If you don't have one in 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 place, talk to us. Definitely. Having a cash flow forecast, something in place to manage your cash flow. Remember, managing the profit in your business is different to the cash flow. Um, and then it's a case of having then on your jobs too. So having a pricing strategy, yeah, um, of how you're gonna how you're gonna estimate every single project to ensure that you're identifying and locking in your project your profit before you yep. start the project. Yeah. Yeah. When the project is live, um, you want to have in place something like a profit tracker, um, buying schedule, procurement schedule, whatever you want to call that. But you need a tool in place to make sure that you are tracking uh, the cost on your project so that you deliver it in line, if not better, if not, <laughs> with yeah, how sorry. you estimated you would deliver this project. Yeah. 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 So they're, 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 they're the most four, four important tools you need. So you want a financial forecast for your business to manage the profit in your business, a cash flow forecast in your business to manage yeah. the cash flow in your business. You want a good estimating tool. Um, for for estimating and pricing your projects in line with your pricing strategy and then you want a a tool for actually managing the cost on your projects yeah Mm. so we could some people call it a buying schedule or a procurement schedule or profit tracker Mm. but something so you actually measure yeah the 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 cost on your job as you're delivering it do not wait into the end to work out to see if you've if you've got any money left in the business I often say to business owners, it's like playing a game of Russian roulette. Yeah, yeah of course. Just yeah. going to spin it and see how I get on. You, yeah. Your business cannot operate like that. Absolutely yeah? not. You need to know. You need to have your finger on the pulse and, and know where you are financially at every, any given point. Yeah, definitely. I mean, 
Numbers, financials, it's a big topic. It blows my mind. I mean, numbers has never been a strong point for me, so I completely get it. Um, and I'm sure there are lots of other people out there that, that are in a similar position to me where it will blow your mind. Um, we do talk about um, knowing your numbers, and Mark does talk about knowing your numbers in the Business Builder book um, in quite depth. So um, there's always that available, isn't there? And they can always reach out to us, as, as we yeah. often say. So Yeah, I mean, if you haven't got any of the tools, I mean, mentioned um then yeah they can reach out to us um, and we can we'll happily um, provide those definitely i know it's a uh, it's a topic that you do enjoy um teaching um so brilliant well i've um i've enjoyed chatting to you about the numbers mark it does blow my mind um but there you go anyway look guys Thank you for joining us in this episode. We will be back again with more, so don't forget to subscribe so that you can be kept up to date and notified with all the latest episodes. Also, you can follow both Mark and I on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. And um, So reach out to us. Reach out to us across all of those platforms, um, and um, yeah, we'll be happy to engage with you all. I will apologise. I am hosting a bit of a cold today, so if you have sort of, uh, for, you know, heard a bit of a sexy husky voice coming from me today it's um because i've got a bit of a cold so uh but there you go anyway thank you and goodbye for now and we'll see you soon <laughs>